welcome back to another episode of Obsessed Millennials. And today we're going to cause a little bit of mayhem. Right, Jossie? Yeah, we are. We're going to be reviewing Taylor Swift's new album called Midnight's. Specifically, we're going to be listening and reviewing to the 3 a.m. edition for all of you that are going to be following at home. Why are we causing trouble with this one? Because it's Taylor. One, the whole release of the album is mayhem because it's Taylor. And the way she released it and she teased us about it was pretty chaotic. But also, guys, this you will witness, you will listen to me and Jossie not become friends anymore. Because she hasn't shared her opinions with me a lot. But she did say that I was going to be angry. And she did tell me that she gave this album a 3.9 review. So she obviously... A girl that affected me <laughs> deeply remember, in my soul. Remember the exact number. I'm triggered by it. Uh, like, how I'm did you sorry. give Midnight's a 3.9? I guess we're going to find out together, listeners. That's what we're going to do. I even going to find that myself. Like, I want to, I, I don't even know what, how to talk today. Um, I. Okay, just in my defense, this was like my first impression. Like this whole album review. Okay, but to the listeners so they can understand. When I listen to a new album, I do have a journal. Yes, I'm that kind of person that journals and stuff. And I have created this kind of, since I'm doing it digital now, I have like this kind of like, album review template because I do listen to new stuff basically every week and I created a system for my rating oops forgot to put my phone on silence you're and, such an well, and sorry uh <laughs> today's not my day um and well this were like my first thoughts just listening to the album and even when I opened it today to like get prepared for the for the episode, uh, Nachi heard me just a few minutes ago getting so like triggered by my own by my own doing. Um, when I saw what he did with the first song, guys, when she told me that her review was so low, I was like, "You obviously listened to it wrong." Go back I to didn't, it and listen to it again. You listened to it wrong. I didn't <laughs> listen to it wrong. I was just being honest because you know me. And this is this times. is how I will cope with the fact that you gave it a three point nine. You listened <laughs> you know to it wrong. Me. That's it. No, you know me, and you know that I'm pretty. Oh, honest I know. I when know. I listen to albums, and I'm like. Knowing the talent of this artist, they could have done more. We even talk about that with Faisal's. Um, yeah, and, and, and there's knew. a few things. I have a, some opinions. Like the my, I did listen to the album at midnight because, of course, I am me, and that is what I do for Taylor Swift. You guys can't see me right now, but I'm wearing a Swift T-shirt and I have red lipstick on just for this podcast. So. It's a thing. I'm a Swifty. 
But when I listened to it on, on midnight with my sister and I went through the first few, I was looking at the lyrics and I'm listening to it. And in that first listen, I went like, oh, wow, these songs all kind of like sound the same, don't they? And yes, when we were at work you. and we were and we were talking about it, I was like, I really want her to work with other producers. Like, no offense to Jack Antonoff and no offense to Max Martin, who she doesn't work on this album, but she's worked with in the past. But I'm like, I want her to venture out and like continue to grow as an artist. I want her to work with other producers or maybe be a five cells and you know um produce her own album in the future so that's something i look forward to seeing from taylor but i did not give midnights a 3.9 <laughs> and also talking about like producers and stuff no offense to like artists that like having the same sound and they get known by having just the same sound but we know what taylor is capable of and i feel like she could have done way better with this album <laughs> and yeah yeah i did give it a 3.9 out of five but i had my reasons and i have my comments and i'll, I'll talk about it i i'm hoping that at least from my side this episode is not gonna be three hours long like it happened with the faisal's one um, well we'll try we'll try hard but this one has a lot more songs it's, i mean yeah. it's one more song it's 20 so We'll see. We'll try to glaze over it as much as we can. But I do keep, you say I remember it because I, I have been thinking about that 3.9 a lot. And me knowing me and me knowing you, um, I know you lean more towards sound and I lean more towards lyrics. And I feel like that also played a role in our differences. I don't know. We'll see, because cause like I said, guys, she hasn't shared a lot about her opinions on the album. I've been enjoying it by myself a lot. Well, to be honest, there's a reason why I didn't share with you. Not only because, you know, to make it more, more like, oh, good for the podcast, because then you don't know, like no one knows what my thoughts are, you know? But also because I need evidence in case you kill me, uh, for my opinion. I can't kill you when we're thousands of miles away. Still, you're the one Plus, picking me up from the airport when I, I might go home. From I might forget. In, the, in these next two weeks, I might forget how much I, I might get angry at you. So let's, just, let's hope. But okay, this is not okay. evidence. I'm not going to do anything to Jossie in case anyone finds this and something does happen to Jossie. It was not me. Okay. After this episode, after we finish recording, I'm going to send my brother all the credentials mainly to this platform because <laughs> <laughs> it's not something that we actually share the passwords. It's like each of us have their own account. So I'm going to send it to him. And I was like, here's the info. Because I was the one that created the room today. So <laughs> everything is on my side, baby. There's no way you can, like, come in and change so, this. So you really do think I'm going to murder you? <laughs> <laughs> wow. That you have a lot of faith in me. Okay. Let's just well, jump into you're gonna this You're going to be mad. I think you're going to be mad. So I feel like you're going to hate the songs that I love, and that's going to hurt me deeply. <laughs> like, I could just feel it. Okay, so okay. like we said, we are going to be reviewing the 3 a.m. edition, which obviously she 
chaotically released it at 3 a.m. I did not wait for this one. I knew that it was probably going to be new songs because being a Swifty for so long, even though she's unpredictable, she's also kind of predictable. So we are going to start with the first track on the album called Lavender Haze. Do you want to start with your opinions or do you want me to jump in? Um, just, just, just go. I want to hear your opinion before I destroy the song. You're going to destroy it? It's one of my favorites. See, we're starting I mean- badly. <laughs> Um, I'll explain myself when I talk, so go ahead. This one's been stuck in my head the entire time after listening to the album. I think it sounds sexy. I love the lyrics. I dance to it around my apartment all the time. I don't have anything to say. I love her vocals in it. I love the sound. I I don't have anything bad to say. It's one of my favorites. I love Lavender Haze. I'm sorry, okay. I think you're gonna hate it. You're gonna hate it. You know, gonna give you my first impression comments and gonna give you my current comments too. So when I first listened to this and I'm looking at this review and I'm like, oh my god, I was so fucking harsh. But I still believe it in some way. Okay. The song really didn't stood out for me at first. Because it was like I wish yeah, people just- could see my face. <laughs> We need to start recording while FaceTiming so I can see your reactions. Okay, continue. <laughs> it really didn't stood out for me at first. Like, I, that was, like, the feeling I had at the moment. It felt too repetitive, which is something that I noticed throughout the whole album um, in many songs. But it's songs. pop. Yeah, pop is repetitive. I know it's pop, but she's done way better with other songs where you actually have like enough verses to not feel it so repetitive it's like the chorus is the entire song in a way it has a nice beat it sounds you know danceable that like you cannot stay still with it but these were my first comments okay however this song gets stuck in my head now in random moments and when I listen to the album, and it's a good pop song. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know what she did. I'm very aware of that. But even now, like when I said that, oh, it didn't stood out for me and, and stuff like that. Now it's like, if it didn't really stood out for me that this is like something that really happened with another song, um, I wouldn't have it stuck in my head. No matter how catchy it is. Because I know myself. And I'll talk about it on another song. What made me like. What the fuck is going on with me. <laughs> that was my thought. When I opened this today. Was because I gave a 2. Out of 5 to this song. My heart hurts. <laughs> and I do not believe that 2 anymore. It's a good song. It is, and it's, it has turned into one of my favorites. It's not even marked as one of my favorites right now in this. What See, I this did just today proves came out. listen to it wrong. No. <laughs> no, it's just like it happens with albums. It always happens like when you first listen to an album, some songs stood out, some songs 
doesn't really stand for you like the and all that and and there are other songs that yeah you no matter how much you listen to them you don't like them because even with five sauce whenever it's listened to the album there were a couple of songs that i was like they're good but they're not my favorites and now i i don't even know what favorites are anymore with that album <laughs> it's like the whole album is my favorite you know um so that's what what i'm saying like when i first listened to this one i was like uh, i don't know it's just whatever meh and now it's like it's stuck in my head i actually like it <laughs> so i'm seeing what um when this this came out was that a week ago two weeks ago when this album yeah it's been out a week oh a week yeah a week so when <laughs> the jazzy i was a week ago <laughs> didn't vibe with the song at first <laughs> so just go back in time and and fight with her I think the song is a total mood. I love it. And there's parts of it that do stand up, stand out to me. Like I said, it's been stuck in my head the entire time. Like right now, I it's I, I'm listening to it in my head. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm going to jump in so we don't stay stuck in one song. Um, the chorus. I love the chorus. Especially the part that it's damned if I do give a damn what people say. Mm -hmm. I think that lyric is chef's kiss. The same way that the 1950s shit they want from me. Chef's kiss mm -hmm. also. I love the part where she says that there's only two things a girl can be. A one night stand or a wife. Mm -hmm. Fucking true about the way society sees women. And if yeah. you know Taylor Swift and her history, you know that media has portrayed her that way. And the bridge gets stuck in my head a lot. And I really like it. So, yeah, those are my favorite parts, which is basically the entire song. I don't feel like I have, like, favorite lyrics from this one. Even to this day, I just, I don't know. Like, yeah, it's a vibe, but... There's nothing lyrically that I would say I like, oh yeah, I really like that <laughs> one. It's just like, they're good. They're good. Don't get me wrong. I feel like you're judging right now. That's it. Um, That's just <laughs> But you know, like, I don't have a favorite, favorite lyric from this one. Shall we move on to the next one? Yeah, let's move on. Okay, so the next song in the track list is called Maroon. It is also one of my favorites. She had to give us a color. Of course she had. And this is like the more mature red, in my opinion. Really? Um, yes. Now I got to go listen to it and see why you were saying that. Because I didn't pick that up. And I've listened to this one a lot. Yeah, I feel like it's a more mature red track. Obviously, it won't be parallel the same, but I do feel that it explores the sort of same feelings and this imagery that Taylor explores with her music about giving colors to emotions. 
And mm. the song is really interesting because as you pay attention to the lyrics, it goes through like different stages. Yeah. Uh, first, you see it's people like falling in love and then things falling apart. And I think that's really clever with the way she used her words and imagery there. Mm-hmm. And I've seen a lot of theories about this being about a toxic love or stuff. I just haven't delved too much into theories because I want to make my own opinions on the songs before I, I jump into that Swifty world on the interwebs. Yeah. But I think, for me at least, this song is very lyric heavy and emotional um obviously what makes the song is the chorus but my favorite part of the song really is the bridge when she says that she wakes with the memory over her that mm-hmm. a real that that's a real fucking legacy i love that part mm. but yeah i feel like it's that like that more mature version of emotions i i feel like we're on the same track i just didn't get the like didn't i didn't even think about the red like being the grown-up version of red until now that you say it so i gotta listen to it again but this song it doesn't fucking matter how many times i listen to it i still feel like it kind of belongs on 1989 in a way and it happened with a lot of songs from the album. I don't know if that's just me being obsessed with I mean, 1989. But it also... 1989 was like her first big pop album. Completely pop album. And technically this is her returning to pop. So I feel like maybe she would go back to that sort of thing. Plus... Mm-hmm. This is something that we did kind of like I sent you a lot of TikToks about it. We haven't really talked about it and I haven't really explored it. And I didn't take notes because that is me. I don't take notes. I am not organized like Jossie. Um, But there's a lot of songs on the album that do sound or parallel with other songs. And that's something that we saw with Folklore and Evermore. And I think it has to do with her whole re-recording process that has inspired her new music. And I find it really interesting. Plus, she's hinting at a lot of things also. But I I feel like there's a lot of songs that either sound like something else or they have lyrics that parallel with something else. Or like you said, it sounds like it belongs in a different album. And I think it has to do with that whole maybe it's maybe she's doing it on purpose maybe she's not i believe everything taylor does is on purpose even when it's not she makes sure that later on it it is on purpose Mm -hmm. so yeah but i i see what you say it does sound like 1989 didn't she say Mm -hmm. at some point that this album was a collection of songs that she wrote at some point for other albums i I had understood that? that I am when she first started promoting this album. Now we're completely derailing from <laughs> the song Maroon. But when when she started promoting this album, I understood that this had been songs she had written in the past thirteen years. Like there were thirteen sleepless nights that she had experienced throughout the years, 
and that she collected them and she put them into an album and she obviously gave it its own flair and finished them and it became an entire album and that she mm-hmm. had discovered I, in my head I thought oh she discovered these little like maybe unfinished songs or little nuggets of songs that she wanted to reuse or repurpose or finish and turned it into an album like that inspired her of going back to her re-recordings but in I don't know if it was in Jimmy Fallon or some other interview she did recently she says that no these were all brand new songs that she wrote for this oh. album so I was confused <laughs> obviously but I do think that maybe she did going back and re-recording things I think then maybe it did inspire her so maybe it's not literally 13 nights that she stayed up and she wrote these songs and she picked them up and collected them. Maybe they were just things that usually would have kept her up at night or still do keep her up at night and mm. inspire her to to create music. And she took that inspiration and ran with it. So according to her, it's all brand new. There's, It's not... Um, vault songs that were not released. It's not vault songs from other songs. So, so my yeah. th- my theory, it's not true. Okay, fine, whatever. Because I was like, oh, maybe this song belonged to 1989 at some point, but it didn't make the cut. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't no, make it's, sense. It's, no, it's... But maybe, who knows, maybe something from 1989 or maybe something from Red inspired her to create this one. I, I don't I don't think she'll ever give us the answers and it'll be just theories for us forever and ever. So. Yeah. Um, do, you, the only do you have any favorite parts? Say, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, apart from that, like, I, I, I have to say too, like, there's something about her doing her own backing vocals that... I always appreciate it because it makes the it makes the songs sound fuller, and it gives like this like beautiful, like haunting. I always go to the same word, but it's something that always happens to me when I listen to her, and that's kind of why I always think of 1989 because that was like the first time that I heard that vibe on her. So, yeah. But apart from that, yes, I do have favorite lyrics, but you already mentioned them. Which one is it? Because I mentioned two. I think it's from the bridge that it says, and I wake up with your memory over me. That's a real fucking lyrics to leave. That that moment in the song, I think it's beautiful. Like the way her vocals sound. Mm Mm-hmm. Just and just the lyrics in general. Plus, I read a comment that said that her, cur- like, I read, like, a BuzzFeed article. Yes, I sometimes read those. I know they're crap. But <laughs> it was, like, opinions of people on the album, good and bad opinions. And I just wanted to see what people were thinking. And they went through a whole, like, oh, some songs feel unfinished. Oh, they kind of all sound the same. It doesn't really feel like Taylor, all these opinions. But specifically, one person said that her cursing sounded forced and like she was trying to be more cool by cursing in her songs. What? I don't think it sounds forced at all. That person didn't listen to All Too Well, the 10-minute version then. I think 
she the way she uses words, everything's very purposeful. And she could obviously, we've seen her, she could edit herself and she could make them all clean lyrics. Mm-hmm. But she obviously doesn't want to and she doesn't have mm-hmm. to. Yeah. So I was like, I just wanted to know if, if that was something that you felt like some, because in that lyric, there, it's, there, there's a curse word. And yeah, I, I wanted to see if you felt like it was forced or not. Because I don't think that any of her cursing feels forced. I think it no, feels like it's I don't... very much the vibe. I don't think it sounds forced at all. I do I do have to say that every time that I hear her cursing, what goes through my mind, apart from like, yeah, if it fits the the song that would uh fuck the patriarchy on all too well, that we know that's like that's the punchline there. Mm. It's just like when I actually listen just and I focus just on her voice cursing i'm like she's so cute like i cannot see it any other way (laughs) i don't know why it's like (laughs) she's like she sounds adorable (laughs) and i know like she's a grown-ass woman she's older than me (laughs) but when i hear her cursing and probably it's because we're not used to it and also like how her voice is naturally that is like oh she sounds cute that's it like I don't, but no, it doesn't sound forced at all. That person just probably does not listen to her music, and this was yeah. the first time they listened to a new song by her, and, and they were like, and it "Oh, sounds, she curses now. She's so cool." And, and it sounds like maybe they don't like her anyway. Yeah, probably. A lot of people still don't. Yeah. Should we move on? Oh no, no, no! Wait, before we move on. Yes. Someone, a friend of mine, that I'm not going to name on the podcast, uh, listened to the song. And then I was talking to her, and the song came out, because I was listening to my playlist. And yes, this album made it to my daily rotation playlist, uh, like we predicted. And the song came out, and she was like, oh, that's the Taylor song I was listening to. Follow up, she goes... Is she still with the same guy? That conversation bothers me so much because it's so old. There's someone at my work that does, like, that asks the same thing all the time. And, like, obviously, there's a few Swifties at my work, which I think is very beautiful because you don't meet a lot of open Swifties in the Mm -hmm. world. Like, people do still hate Taylor Swift because they think it's cool to hate Taylor Swift. And if you've been a fan from the beginning, you've been through a phase where people make fun of you for liking Taylor Swift, which I've always brushed off because I don't care. I like what I like, and that's it. So I feel like I'm very lucky to be able to experience, to re-record, not only experience it with people like you, who are my best friends and also love Taylor, but like with coworkers, we also get to get all excited and we watch the music videos together and all this. So obviously on Friday, October 21st, we were very, very excited at work. We were shattering about the album. We were only listening to the album and another coworker who does not listen to Taylor and she is also a lot older than us. Um, she says like, what's going on? And, a co-worker said, like, oh, Taylor, she came out with 
new music and she went like oh new music or re-recorded music because everyone knows like she's re-recording her album yeah. we're like, like no 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 she all new stuff and the person goes and says oh even a new boyfriend <sighs> and i was like no she's but still that's with being- joe <laughs> Oh, it's Joe. Yeah, I was like, wait, is it Jack? Is it Joe? I forgot the name of him like for a minute. Uh, but like the friend that I'm talking about, she was genuinely asking because she doesn't follow Taylor at all. And it's not like us that even if we don't follow, follow someone, we are kind of like we know because of social media and stuff. This person doesn't really follow anything that is not what she likes. And that's it. So when I but talk still, to others, it comes up in the conversation. Well, because like, Taylor is know. associated with, is she still with the same person? Because that's you the know? image the media gave her at some point. I know. And that's what I'm saying. It still upsets me. But it's not being but like an a sneaky question. person, like a beachy person, like your coworker. Oh, I no, no, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. It can even it can even be <laughs> it can be an innocent question, but it still like boils my yeah. blood that the media fucked up her image so much and everyone just assumes she's just a girl that just dates a lot of guys, even though it's normal as a twenty something year old and a thirty something yeah. year old because the thirties are the new twenties. And I don't just say that because I'm thirty. <laughs> so I'm still in my teens then. Yeah, you're still a teenager. You're still a baby. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely a teenager still. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, But but it, I feel like it happens with every artist, and I know that we just sidetracked so, just so fucking bad. But um, yeah. even with Demi, and you know that Demi is your tailor. Like, for me, Demi is what tailor is for you. It annoys me when people come to me like, oh, she released a new album. Why? Is she going through some mental health thing again? Is she abusing drugs again? Like, they just have this notion of Demi's whatever problem she's dealing with. And and with Demi, too, it's like, oh, she's doing it for attention. That we saw a lot with Taylor as well at some point. Because yes. it was like, oh, she just wants the attention. That's why she's like with all these dudes and it's like no like she got associated and even with her re-recordings even with her re-recordings people were just thinking she was doing it for attention and just because she was money hungry they did not understand that she wanted to own her freaking music you've got to be kidding me some i I wish Some which like rich white dude comes and sells your music to another rich white dude after she tried to buy it exactly, and and then and she has like, money, so it wasn't that she wasn't gonna pay well for her music exactly, and and still it's like so fucking annoying. Why does she have to pay for her own music when she was the one who created that music? You know. They got no business talk and everything. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's 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 the whole business industry, and I feel like in this entertainment industry and like in every aspect in in life in general, women are trashed so many times. Not saying that women are trash. I'm saying like mm-hmm. they get trashed by other people because yep. like if a if a man does what Taylor did, 
it's like oh it's admirable yes go go at it do it but then taylor no. does it and she's but being also called- a man would have never had been put in Gone that through position that. yeah 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 i know i know which is the fucked up part it's not just that because we can see that like oh guys write about their exes and they don't get shit for mm. it so that's a conversation where we do see the duality but with this specifically yeah. a man would have not have gone through it yeah they would have mm-hmm. sold whoever artist it was their music back and that's it i think it also has to do with like obviously taylor started very young mm-hmm. so yeah i'm hoping this changes the narrative for many other artists that are not just young artists but also that are yeah. starting in the industry and this changes the conversation and how the artists should be the ones that own at least part or fully own their masters Mm-hmm. that should not be a question yeah and mostly in these cases that you know like yeah there are people behind it because they they know more because she was young but still she was the one writing everything and and you know you know the involvement of the artist that is not like oh they got a bunch of songs and was like here you go sing them like no exactly and and not shitting on people that that don't have songwriting skills and are still artists not not doing that because that would probably be me (laughs) but but you know like it's more effort it's more work when when you see an artist getting immersed in so many roles not just being a singer and for that to be like no you don't own your music what the fuck are you talking about ah but let's get back to the album because then i'm just gonna keep like Getting yeah, we heated. could literally just sidetrack entirely to this being us trash talking the music industry. <laughs> yeah, true. Mm. Oh, and little note before when you said like, mm-hmm. oh, because like everyone has something bad to say about her and whatever. That's how you know you're successful, and it hurts because I bet those comments hurt when you read them. But that's how you know you're big. Because the same happens with BTS, same happens with Harry Styles, it happened with Justin, and still happens with Justin. That's how you know you made it big. Because even the people that don't listen to you have have you in their brain. Mm-hmm. Plus, like people like to hate you just to hate you. Literally, yeah. that's all they want to do. Mm-hmm. But yeah, let's let's move. <laughs> Let us move on to the next song on the track list, which we could see it as the lead single in the album. It came out with a music movie because she did not call the music videos a music movie. Ooh, and I this didn't is a tech hero. Oh, yeah. It, it, she'd made that announcement in an NFL game, and we don't follow sports, so that's why. It was not oh, mainstream. Okay. Oh, okay. But yeah, she she announced that she had made music movies. So a lot of people have speculated that maybe Midnight's is is or was or maybe it's still a theory we don't know, going to be a visual album, in which she would release a music video for each song. But so far, we've only had gotten two, and uh, no announcement for any others. Which I think That's she will a just lot. stop. She won't, she won't announce them. 
I feel like mm-hmm. if there's more, she will just drop them. And she did say that she had been working on projects, which projects oh could God. be too. But, you know, we're Swifties and we're clowns and we clown. We're fangirls in general. Okay. We're fangirls in general. In all fandoms, we end up being clowns. Uh, but yeah, let's move. <laughs> um, but yes, the song is called Anti Hero. This one I didn't really love at first when I heard it. Obviously, I do like the lyrics like, Hi, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Obviously, I know. Taylor wrote that about all of us. Um, I know you like them. You've been pretty annoying with it. I know. So has the entire internet. So it's okay. <laughs> I know. Um, but it's grown on me. The more I listen to it, it, it continues to grow on me. And the music video is very interesting because obviously she did. There's a few songs that she did give us insights as to what they are about. And this one specifically, she said that it is about those fears that keep you up at night. And in the music video, you see these three Taylor personas and you see different situations mm-hmm. and all that. People, you can watch it. You can make your own assumptions about it. We're not going to go in deep in the music video. I know there's a lot of controversy on it, too. And this is not what it's about. Yeah. Um, but... You could see it in this music video and the way that she expresses different things. There's still lyrics that are a little cryptic to me and I don't understand them. Um, there's obviously clues to maybe certain things because she does use the words tale as old as time, which mm-hmm. obviously is a Beauty and the Beast reference. And I love Beauty and the Beast. But she also... She her second music video was like a retelling of a fairy tale, and she's yeah. Taylor, so obviously everything's on purpose. Um, and I, I really also think that this song, and this is me, my assumption. I don't know if everyone feels the same way, but the whole it must be exhausting always rooting for the anti-hero. I feel mm-hmm. like she's talking about herself and her fans. Like, we were just having that conversation. See, it was a segue. We weren't getting distracted. <laughs> I'm using it to our advantage. Um, <laughs> it, it, if you were a fan, you were always rooting for Taylor and stuff. And she, the media, did portray her as the villain a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. Or as yeah. we could say here, an anti-hero. So I don't know. That's my assumption of what that little nugget of the song comes from. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, you said it all, right? And and I I I get what she's doing with the music videos and how she's making them as like, um, these little movies that I didn't know that she already said that they were like music movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, because like when I first listened to the song and other songs in the album, I was like. Oh, I really like this one because of the storytelling, which is something she does amazingly. And I did this one, like, difference from you, because you already said that at first you didn't, you know, like, not, not, you didn't say you didn't like it. It was like at first. It wasn't one of my top songs. Exactly. From the beginning for me, it was like, oh, I like this one. I was like, yes, I like it because it's not only catchy, but you know the storytelling thing, the way that that how she played with the dynamics. We didn't do a freaking drinking game for this one. 
it was oh, Taylor was the perfect one for it because uh, here I go again talking about dynamics but she's the queen the queen of dynamics um, it just it made the song so perfect to the point that I was like oh my god I love the freaking breakdown because uh, like gave more of like I don't know it's like it, it, I don't even know she leaves me speechless half the time the way she can create these songs that like suck you into them and you feel like you're watching a movie even though you're just listening to a song and she did that with this one and then when I watched the music video it happened again and I know there's a lot of controversy with the with the video that I'm not gonna get into it because <laughs> I have my thoughts about it and it's, it's not it's not supporting the controversy <laughs> so I'm not gonna get into that but she did a great job with this song and what she talks about this song, like what she talks in the song about, like, I feel like everyone can relate in a way. Like, yeah, maybe she was writing it and talking about herself, but you can like still relate to the song or see it in a different light, you know, because it doesn't really has to be exactly what they did like you can have your mm -hmm. own interpretation for it so i really love this one yeah it like i said this one really grew on me and so my favorite part is still the it's me hi i'm the problem it's me because there's <laughs> nothing more relatable than that line and also it it if you were watching the midnight mayhems with me episodes on tiktok on the first one, she goes, it's me. Hi. And obviously, that was her teasing her own song. And it also, mm -hmm. this song makes sense of why it was the first kind of single one she put out. Because if you see her track records into what songs she chooses to be her main, mm -hmm. like that first song, this one is obviously down to a T the Taylor Swift formula for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, what about lyrics? Any favorites? I said it. You already said it? It's me. What, what I, you say? I'm the problem. Nothing else? It's me. Nothing else? Just that? That's, that's the one that really, really stands out to me. Okay. I mean, the song is really catchy overall. You really are sad to that one. Um. Yeah, but that one's it. The pre-chorus <laughs> is really cool. I like the pre-chorus. And the the bridge is fun, not in the song. Like, I don't like it in the song. I like it because it makes me think of the music video, and it's hilarious. <laughs> oh, yes, the, the funeral one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. And it's a very tailored thing to do, and there's, like, her it's little Easter eggs and little things and stuff, and it's funny as fuck. And like I said, the breakdown, it's the same lyric I like, but in that specific moment when it's the breakdown, it's like that realization kind of like dawning on you. Mm -hmm. Maybe, yeah, the problem is you, even when most of the time it isn't. Yeah. But when it's late at night and you're reeling from your fears and your feelings and your thoughts... It it feels very much like the way she makes the breakdown sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, 
And I love that she has a 3 a.m. edition because there's always this talk about like nothing good happens after 2 a.m. and how you get in your mm -hmm. head after that. And it's like 3 a.m. edition it goes perfectly with this song. Plus 3 a.m. is witching hour, which is when all your demons come out. We're not talking about real demons. We're talking about the demons in our head. I know. I know. But there's something about like, isn't it 4 a.m. that it's like the passing time like for souls? I think it's 3 a.m. It's 3 a.m. Is it 3 a.m.? 3 a.m. Why do I feel I things know. at 4.30 all the time then? Whatever. Don't <laughs> you don't need to hear about the ghost visiting me at 4, 4 a.m. in the morning. So... Uh, let's move on. I it's, do have favorite lyrics. I, I, I'm doing, I did, like, did just interrupt me for a second. I did a little quick mm -hmm. Google search. The folklore of the witching hour is that oh. it's a time between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. And I thought oh. it, I needed to say it because, like, it's a folklore. Well, Taylor That's is, it. like, it's full from, on. <sighs> This woman. We find things, guys. That's why we clown, because we find things like this. Oh, my God. Anyway, moving on to my favorite lyrics so we can move on from yes. this song. My favorite lyrics are, <laughs> apart from, like, the problem one, okay, right? Because that's stuck in my head all the time. Um, But when she says, I'll stare, I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. That one's a good one. I was like, Taylor, why, why, why are you, like attacking me this way you don't have to do that uh, but I do get what she was referring to that's mm -hmm. why the attack you know in the music video yes the music video is awesome that part on the like the funeral thing was hilarious, hilarious. if you're a Faisos fan and a Swifty just with three songs you like you're already like is there, mm -hmm. is there gonna be like a Faisos collab or something I think we all freaked out with the just because we're clowns people we freaked out over a shirt on the on the anti-hero music video but no if coming if you guys listen to our five sos episode we kind of mentioned taylor a lot yeah in that episode mm -hmm. because a lot of lyrics and stuff made us think of taylor mm -hmm. and also michael mentioned that taylor was one of the inspirations behind mm -hmm. like the sound of the album and here we are with the anti-hero music video and there's the shirt that michael wore in another music video and it's like what's going on guys it's, yeah. it's something happening in my head michael's gonna produce a taylor song in the future i am oh manifesting this for you michael clifford that boy's gonna die if he if that opportunity ever comes. I'll die for him. Oh, it happens throughout the whole Taylor album that I kept like, wait, what? Why there are so many like words, lyrics, or, or something that makes me think of Faisal's Five? Ah, uh, even with Lavender Haze, I was like, hmm, Lavender Haze, Haze by Faisal's <laughs> too. <laughs> like, oh, I'm a clown. Sorry, guys, we're clowning. So we're moving on to the fourth song on the album. It's called Snow on the Beach. Um, this is the only song in Midnight's with a featuring. The featuring is Lana Del Rey. Even though a lot of people were really upset because she only does background vocals. Uh, and for background vocals, I feel with like... everything. Ugh. 
Yes, but I feel like she made such a big deal about it being a featuring, and we know that Taylor doesn't have a lot of featurings, and they're all very purposeful. Um, and with the things that I'm going to talk about later on in this in the song, how she uses her own voice to create these very dynamic vocals between herself, I feel like if Lana was only going to be a background vocal, maybe she shouldn't have been a featuring in the song. And that is my controversial opinion. Um, I'm not a big fan of Lana, so I'm putting that out there. Um, but I was excited to see what she would bring into the plate, and I, it was not much. <laughs> I don't know if that was Taylor's fault or it was whose fault, but... We've seen that with, with the other artists that do featurings and it's not like a big thing. That it's just like literally, yeah, they're featuring with vocals, but they don't have like a specific part. On it. Like it's not your usual feature, but it's still a feature. And when you listen to the song, I don't listen to Lana either, but I've listened to a couple of songs that I can like understand her vibe and the song pretty much it's like what you would expect from a collab with her but these uh, what annoys me is like there were so many people trashing the song online and being like oh if it was a feature with Ed Sheeran she would let had let him sing the entire song and I was like yeah but this is the thing the fuck up recently Recently, people, especially Swifties, have been hating on Ed Sheeran. I don't know what's going on. They're acting like Taylor has only collaborated with Ed when literally they have, like, what, three, four collabs in the entirety of their friendship, which is something mm -hmm. I don't understand. But, yeah. So that maybe that also comes from that kind of place. Because it's not true. She's had collabs with other people who have had entire verses or choruses mm -hmm. or more lines um i do think their voices sound beautifully together people say they can't hear lana but i can hear it in there i just think that taylor with taylor could have done the same thing i i that's, don't that's want to go think. after people i'm not into I'm, I'm gonna get too aggressive if i say what's in my mind But, like, people, just an advice. When you're listening to music, listen carefully. If you don't hear it at first, just keep listening. You're going to notice the difference. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to reframe. I'm filtering what I want to say because I don't want to be harsh on people. <laughs> But she You don't want to give people a 3.9? I don't want to give people a fucking one. Uh <laughs> Okay, so moving on. And this is one What of my are, favorite songs, by the way. You know, I, I had a feeling that we were going to have we were going to have different opinions. This one doesn't stand out for me. Like I get it and I think it's a beautifully haunting song. Like the way it sounds, the lyrics, and I do have favorite parts in it. And the feelings behind it of that kind of like doubt of what's happening this feels weird mm -hmm. but it's still a thing it's still beautiful i still want it um but it doesn't stand out for me i mean it's not a skip song this album does not have skip songs uh yeah but it does <laughs> but I'm, okay no um, it doesn't we'll get there but it doesn't it does i don't care what you it say it doesn't 
Um, I love the song completely, but I think the main reason was the freaking dynamics, vocal dynamics. I know I'm, I keep saying dynamics. It's just beautiful. It's beautiful. And it's just a like beautiful close song. your eyes it's- and listen to it. It feels like fucking meditation. Like you want to lose yourself in that feeling. I love the song. I, there's kind of feels wrong like you're song. in a dream when you're yeah. listening to it. It feels kind of like you're in a dream, mm-hmm. and I think it's beautiful. And I kind of want to see snow on a beach now, because <laughs> she says it's beautiful. So I want to experience. I mean, I've never seen snow, so maybe seeing uh, snow on a beach will be the way to go. Well, as someone that has to see snow every fucking year, um, I say. Looks pretty, but it sucks if you have to, like, take it out from your car and stuff like that. So, um, like I always tell people, you want to see snow, go visit some, visit the place where it snows. Don't move to the place. Because um, it fucking sucks. I hate it. Okay. Move I'm on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> let's move okay, on to the so next one. Let's move on. To a track that at first I thought did not belong in the Taylor Swift track five club, but the more I listen to it, I understand why it's a track five. It's called You're On Your Own Kid, and I can admit that every time I listen to it now, I want to cry. This is my 2022 version of Long Live mm-hmm. in the terms that the way it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. And it's because of one specific part. I mean, I love her vocals in the song. I love the sound of Mm -hmm. the song. But in the pre-chorus, if you've been following for a long time and you really listen to it, and TikTok made me realize this, she talks about all of her eras. And it makes me very emotional. Explain. Okay, okay. It's not in the pre-chorus. It's in the bridge. The bridge says, from sprinkler splashes to fireplace ashes, I gave my blood, sweat, and tears for this. The way Mm -hmm. I interpret that, it's like the beginning of her career and all the way up to like Red, where she Mm -hmm. literally worked her ass off to build this career and all this stuff. We could see it also in her re-recordings and her masters and all this um i hosted parties and starved my body 1989 Mm -hmm. she threw all these big parties she was the party girl with her friends and we also know that it was a time where she did struggle with her buddy image and Mm -hmm. the way the media portrayed her like I'd be saved by a perfect kiss. We know that she always thought that by falling in love or finding a true love, she would, you know, finally be saved and escape. Like the princess, she's used this imagery all throughout her music. Um, then she says the jokes weren't funny. I took the money. My friends from home don't know what to say. Reputation. She mm-hmm. obviously went into hiding. People made a lot of jokes about who she was. They were the snake jokes and so many things and controversies that happened. If you own the internet, you know about them. Then she says, I looked around in a blood-soaked gown and I saw something they can't take away. This is obviously Lover, in which she we see her truly her love story with 
Joe and the way he made her feel safe. And she uses that whole thing that there's something, she uses it in karma, which we'll, we'll talk about it later on, that there's something, her love with Joe is something people can't take away or the media or nothing because she said he doesn't care about what the media says about her. Then we see, because they were prejudice turned with bridges burned, everything you lose is a step you take. So make the friendship bracelets, take the moment and taste it. You've got no reason to be afraid. Obviously, there we'll see um, imagery of folklore and evermore. Everything you lose is a step you take. Obviously, she lost her masters, but she is taking steps to take them back and own them. And she's been releasing new music. And obviously, it's been doing better than probably the original albums did. And the whole make the French lip bracelets stuff. Obviously, Midnight's has been met with a lot of Easter eggs and a lot of things, and she's made it into a very beautiful experience for her and for us Swifties. So I think that part represents Midnight's. I cannot take credit for any of this because I did see all of this on TikTok, but it makes so much sense in my head, and I cry. I just want to say... What? Okay, Uh, when I was listening to this song for the first time and I was going through lyrics I noticed like this whole thing like not as detailed as you mentioned but like I noticed the eras like the the reference to the eras and stuff and when you sent me the TikTok I felt so proud I was like oh my god dude it's like my first Swifty moment without having to rely on other people like I did have like little glimpses because there's another part in the song where she talks about obviously writing songs in her room by herself and the fact that she played songs in parking lots um she Mm -hmm. did play songs in parking lots and all these things so all these little things i was like oh she's talking about her career and it's like a song to herself that's the way i Mm -hmm. view it like that she's on her own she's always been on her own she's been doing it on her own even though people Mm -hmm. have helped her but you know she's like this but that detailed like theory of that bridge and all the eras and the little nuggets and tidbits i did not i i don't know maybe i'm too busy with work or something i did not see it so detailed as tiktok made me realize it was and maybe we're all wrong and maybe it's none of it like that but it's i think it's a song about herself and about her fans and that's why it makes me like kind of like feel like it's the newer version of long live not gonna lie i cried so much when i first listened to it but i then i i cry every time this song comes up and when i first listened to it i was like it's giving me red vibes but then i realized it wasn't that the actual song was giving me red vibes it was that it was making me think of my college days and you know that when I was in college, it was like right before 1989 that you got me into actually listening to Red because I didn't listen to Red when it came out. I only knew the singles and I got obsessed with Red. So Red became like a big part of my college days and listening to the song and all the things she's talking about that I could relate to when I was in college in a way mainly just with the freaking title like you're on your own like it made me think so much of like that 
but then I realized like yeah maybe it's not that this song actually have like rap vibes it's just me relating to that because of the memories that come like comes it up brings in my you mind. back to that moment yeah but the song is really cool and of course my favorite lyrics are from the bridge because <laughs> it's fucking iconic um but this was one of like the few songs that when i first listened to the song i instantly gave it a five out of five and i know you're hating nice. me because of my rating but this is a good thing i mean like i said at the big when i first listened to it not that i didn't like the song the song is a great song and it's one of my favorites but taylor has this thing where her track fives are like that gut-wrenching song And mm -hmm. everyone looks forward to a track five. When I first listened to it, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why it belongs in the track fives. No, I just needed to listen to it a little more. I needed it to hit for me to sleep and analyze and all those things. And then I was like, oh, yeah, mm, makes sense. Again, Taylor doesn't disappoint. Shall we go to number six? Yes. So number six on the album is called Midnight Rain. I really like this one. It's one of my favorites, too. And I think I say that about all the songs. But I really, I think this is the first song in the album where we hear Taylor sound like kind of like a man. She played with her own vocals mm -hmm. to sing with herself, which I think it's a very powerful thing that she says, I don't need anybody else. I can fucking mm -hmm. do this on my own. Yeah, which is why I said in the beginning, like she made such a big deal about the Lana featuring when she could do this, and the statement of her doing it all on her own would have been a little bit better in my brain for me. Don't come for me, but <laughs> I think it's really clever, and I like the way that she plays with harmonies a lot in this song. And not only with harmonies, because even with the sound, like as it moves through the different vocals, the song has different sounds and it kind of yeah. has a different vibe. And that playfulness with the way they produce the song, I think it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, she did an amazing job. Just like mm -hmm. with things that you can just like do on your own while editing them, like just like how you can change the pitch for a track and make it sound completely different and just implement that. Like, she really is... People always talk about, like, Charlotte Poot being a music genius, but Taylor is in another fucking Taylor world. is a queen. Yeah. And, of course, always me relating to other albums, because that's me. When I first listened to this one, I was like, I was like, did Reputation in 1989 had a baby? Because <laughs> that was like the first literally, thing that came into my mind. Literally. And I'm not going to talk about my theories about who I think the songs are about. Because again, that's not, that's just me being a Swifty. And it's not what this is about. But I feel like that this song gives you that kind of like vibe of what she went through between 1989 and Reputation. Mm-hmm. Where she obviously her old image went darker and all of it happened. And it gives me those vibes. Um, there's other things that give me those vibes, but I'm not gonna get into those details. Like I said, that's this is not what it is about. 
It doesn't we matter. We have to do a podcast we think, for a song. Yeah. No, plus, I don't think this, who we think the songs are about is not what matters. So. Yeah, no. Like, good for um, those people to inspire songs like this, even if it wasn't yeah, good. But that's not what we're going to be talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, favorite lyrics? I really like the outro of the song. And it's, it's not favorite lyrics, but favorite vocals. It's the mm-hmm. way she made her voice sound so different. I think mm-hmm. that was freaking genius. Yeah. And something we had never seen her do before. Mm-hmm. So that had me really excited. Yeah, that makes what sense. What are your favorite lyrics? I do have one. And it goes back to like 3 a.m. again. Where she says like, and I never think of him except except on midnights like this because you know the whole We've thing of, like, nothing ha- nothing good happens after 2am and that kind of thing so that stuck with me because yeah we've all been there you we've know there. that I've been there um, mm-hmm. so I, it was like oh she's immortal like all of us <laughs> she can relate to that too I also like the in the outro the way I said that I said the whole outro is my favorite because there's different lyrics in there that that make me really relate to it like the one you said but also the way she uses the word haunted and again mm-hmm. goes back to speak now and the song haunted which kind of like has to do with that sort of same feeling that I think that's also very clever and very genius of her to use because yeah. again we go back to this whole after midnight and 3am and that's when the demons come out and haunt you and haunting hour and all this thing so this this album is all about imagery and symbolisms and those little nuggets of wisdoms that you find here and there so I think that's right down my alley and I am eating it all up Baylor I'm eating it all up at this point I feel like um, and getting sidetracked, but you know how some like universities are like, oh, they're studying this particular artist. Is there any university like having a Taylor Swift course for like for like music? I don't know if for symbolism or music or something, but I think there is a university that has a Taylor Swift course. Like, if you are studying music, like let it be because you want to be a producer or whatever. There should be a class all around Taylor Swift. Because this woman, and I'm not saying this as a Swifty. I'm not. Like, the growth. And the way she can make you get so deep into your feelings with just how she described things and the storytelling. Mm -hmm. Like, she really is a genius. She is a queen. She's the queen of music. I, I don't care what people come at me she's the as, queen of as pop some music. people say on the internet taylor swift is the music industry well i don't know about that analyze her career the different genres she's been in all the things she does it there, i believe there's nothing this girl can't do but i just did a quick google search and there's two universities that offer courses on taylor or at least they were going to this year in the fall it's the University of Tex- Texas has a course on the Taylor Swift songbook. And mm-hmm. NYU also has a course on 
Taylor covers her music and her entrepreneurship. Ooh. Can I take those classes? I don't know. That sounds interesting. I know. Especially, like we said, like analyze her entire career and the way she does things. Mm -hmm. I don't think people do things the way she does. And I don't feel like it's a formula that people could replicate. I feel like the only artist that I've seen at this point that you get to that point of they're not doing this just out of nowhere. It's on purpose. And if they did it on purpose, they make it on purpose later on. It's BTS. And I know, I know you don't know much about them because you're not into K-pop. But if there are any armies that are Swifties and are listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. But yeah, don't get me into BTS because then, uh, no. Yeah, you'll let's, never let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> it's not, it hasn't been a good week for armies. And I know what I'm talking about and I don't want to get into it. Let's move on to the next song. Okay, so we're moving on to track seven. It's called questions or question even though there's different questions in the song um this was also one that didn't like really jump out at me at first same and because of something i saw on tiktok now i it's not that it made me love the song more like i still think that it stands in the same thing i like the song i think it's fun i like the vocals and the way it sounds it's a fun kind of like song um, mm-hmm. but there's this thing on TikTok that I saw that the way the chorus goes and the little O's are the replies to like her reacting to the other person's answer to the questions mm-hmm. and that the, it's just the questions that her just defending like oh don't, don't attack me it was just a question you don't need to get like that so I can't mm. hear the song differently now. Okay. But yeah, I think it's a fun little song to listen mm-hmm. to. It also makes me think of 1989. <laughs> we keep going back to 1989. Yeah. For me, the song, at the beginning I was like, oh, I love how she sings this song. She's playing with the dynamics. She's singing each line with a purpose that fits the story she's telling. But at some point the song became like it was starting to turn into like just the same but then she added some backing vocals that saved the song for me because like i was getting like tired of it at some point i was like oh this just it sounds the same all throughout the song and then that just brought the song back to life before it got like painful to like keep listening to it because you know me and when it gets repetitive <laughs> I'm like, no, let's cut it. But that saves the song. And it also feels like she's punctuating every single line. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you get that vibe. Mm -hmm. Like every single line is like punctuated with this like intensity. But it also flows in a, I don't know. I think, like I said, I think it's a very fun and dynamic song to listen to and to sing. Yeah. Can't wait for my album to get here so I could like, play it on my car the entire time and not depend on my sister and you know bluetooth mm-hmm. but oh yeah, yeah. And, and also like the store that used to go closed down right yeah the one that usually sells albums here 
that had a lot of albums and Puerto Rico closed down and we rely on like what they have at Walmart and Best Buy and to be honest they don't bring a lot of albums here in those stores I've been to see if I could magically find it and just buy another copy because I'm a psychopath (laughs) um but no so I'm waiting for it to arrive. It's supposed to arrive tomorrow, but I won't get it until next weekend. So that should, it, it will be soon in my hands. It will be. So any favorite lyrics of the song? Mm, not really. Like I said, my like my favorite thing of the song were like the dynamics. And that's what stood out for me. Like there weren't any lyrics that I was like, oh, I love this. I think I agree with you. Like, there's not a lyric that really, like, hit me that made me go, like, oh, that's, like, definitely a line I I resonate with. But mm-hmm. I do like the way she sings the entire song. With that being said, we're moving on to the eighth song on the album called Vigilante Shit. This song is straight out of reputation. Yes. This song is sexy. This song is everything I thought karma was going to be and was not. True. But I'm not mad about it. When I listened to this one, I was like, this this reputation. Like, why wasn't this in reputation? We should have gotten it earlier. I love this song so fucking much. And it starts so strong with that Mm -hmm. lyric. Like, can I sharper than to kill a man? Yes. Like, how do you not, like, scream? I wanted to scream at midnight, but I didn't because I have neighbors and I'm respectful. <laughs> oh, you haven't told people how you listen to this. What do you mean? What did you say to me? That you were on the floor listening to oh, midnight? I was up until late. I, I'm an old lady and I go to bed early. Um, But I was picking up my sister from a concert, so we were up at that time. So I on the way home we got some mcdonald's and we showered and we listened to the album sitting on the floor chicken, eating chicken nuggets and that seems very fitting and it's, it's the only correct way to listen to midnights for the first time <laughs> when i told her my rating for the album she was like you did it wrong go get some chicken nuggets and get on the floor and listen to the album again <laughs> you need to be very vulnerable okay so there's nothing more vulnerable than sitting on the floor at midnight eating chicken nuggets and listening to Taylor Swift. It is an entire mood. I stick by my choices and my life decisions and the way I experienced this album for the first time. But yeah, the song, like when it started playing, me and my sister like look at each other and we were like, oh, this is the same feeling I got when I listened to Reputation for the first time. Like this woman is out for blood and i am here for it that's different for me because you know when reputation came out i was like i don't know if i like this because it was so different but also when song, you listen to it wrong jesus christ <laughs> not you <laughs> when i'm seriously gonna edit every single time you say you listen to this wrong so i can make it that is real. manipulation no no like oh, i'm saying like i'm okay. gonna edit it later on and create a video for real <laughs> and it's gonna be only you saying that okay that's fine i'm good with that when when i listened to this song from that first line i was like oh like i didn't have anyone to look at because i was alone in my apartment but 
you know, like when you like, it's that fucking meme where this lady is drinking something that it doesn't taste that good, but then she makes this like, like, oh, that hit different. That was my face. The second mm-hmm. one. I was like, what? I was in love with the song and how she sounds in this song. And like every time that this song comes up right at like now on my playlist, I, I'm like, I have to sing the revenge lines. Doesn't matter how many times yes. she said revenge. I'm gonna I'm gonna sing the entire line and all my neighbor neighbors are gonna hear me. That I'm sorry, neighbors. People listening, if you ever need a song that will make you feel like a fucking bad bitch. Yes. That will give you the entire confidence of the entire world. This is the song. Maybe guys can't relate to it, or maybe not all guys can relate to it. But like, I I stand by it. There's, there's I do not not feel confident when I listen to the song. And every time it comes on, and I'm in my kitchen doing whatever I'm doing, like cooking or doing the dishes, I need to stop and I need to dance and I need to scream the lines of "I don't dress for women, I don't dress for men." Lately, I've been dressing for revenge. Yes. And I don't, but this is a feeling. Vigilante shit is a lifestyle and a feeling, not necessarily a way of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, don't yeah. Know I agree with you. Anymore. I agree with you completely. <laughs> I do like when she said, the, I don't dress for women, I don't dress for, for, for men. But then she said something else that I don't remember. I know part of it is I, I don't dress for friends when she says that again. See that she says that so on the weekends I don't dress for friends lately I've been dressing for revenge. Yeah, but it's the lately I've been dressing for revenge that's like oh, gets and me. the whole I don't start shit, but I can tell you how it ends. Yes, <gasps> how oh, are you reading God. my album review? Can you see my table no. and the the ones that I added as my favorite lyrics? Because <laughs> those yeah, are the I'm going, two. I'm going over the lyrics to see if any others jump out and jogs my memory. But that line, I go feral for that line. And her like, vocals yeah. on the bridge. <gasps> oh, okay, gonna control myself. The song, the song is perfection. The song belongs on reputation. Yeah, it's so fucking good. It's like it it makes me want to listen to Reputation again. And again, it, that this song is what I thought. Okay, when I fir- we first we didn't get a lot of information about what Midnight's was going to be like. We didn't even get an entire track list until like weeks later. So we had very little to go on on what the vibes were going to be, and. The album obviously is not the vibes that we all thought the album was going to be. But Vigilante Shit and the 3AM Edition new songs were kind of like down the line of what I thought the entire album was going to be like. Mm -hmm. Like this sort of like reputation feeling, but also maybe a little grungy and sad. That's what I thought was going to happen from the pictures we got. Other people also thought maybe it was going to be a little more 70s retro kind of like music stuff. Obviously, we were all wrong, but mm-hmm. we there's something for everyone. So, yeah, that's all I needed to say. Any more thoughts on vigilante shit? No, no, 
nothing else. I think it's clear that we fucking love the song. Yes. Okay. So we're moving on to track nine called The Jewel. This one also has a music movie. Um, it also has all the Speak Now Easter eggs, and we all think that Speak Now is going to be the next re-recording, but this could be another entire, uh, like, Don't album. jinx she it. Says that, no, I'm not jinxing it. The, the, the signs are there. I'm clowning, but the signs are I know, there. but that's, that's and, why I was telling you with this song, like, I don't want to say because I'm going to jinx it, and I, I'm waiting for that album because it's my favorite, but I never said the name of the album when I send you that audio because I didn't want to jinx it. But yes, and there's there's moments that I love about this song uh, as a in the music video and, and the song itself, so I'm going to talk about it differently, but... One of the things she did say in her interview was that this, so far we knew that Look What You Made Me Do was the music video with the most Easter eggs and mm -hmm. that she had said in Jimmy Fallon after she announced, well, before announcing Midnight's that people had not found all of the Easter eggs in that music video. But apparently Bejeweled is now the most Easter eggy oh music video that they had a PDF file to keep track of them all just let that sink in i've been searching the internet for the smarter swifties out there to do all the work for me and try to find as many as possible obviously there's a lot of speak now ones like mm -hmm. there's instrumental versions of songs in the music video yes there's also this very powerful scene where she's walking over like little diamond path that looks like snake skin mm -hmm. and she's wearing an outfit that looks very much like a concert outfit she would wear but all the jewels are like sticking to her mm -hmm. and all the jewels are the colors of her albums which is a very powerful scene of her reclaiming her work mm -hmm. it's beautiful um there's also this music video has a lot of cameos we have the heim sisters there We have some award-winning people on it. I'm not going to get into all the details because we'll never finish, but this one's my favorite music video mm -hmm. so far, or music movie. I like the song, but it was not one of my favorites until now. It's everywhere on TikTok, and I can't stop singing it <laughs> or doing the little dance everyone is doing on TikTok. Like, we're all doing sparkly fingers. There's a dance? Yeah, there's a dance, and you, oh, wow. your life will never be the same after it. I've had this song stuck in my head since it came out. Like, it was an instant favorite again. It's very, very catchy. Mm -hmm. The same happens with Lavender Haze for me. These Lavender Haze and this one are the ones, and Karma, are the ones that, like, stick in my head the most. Like, randomly, I'll be doing a normal nothing, not listening to music, and suddenly I am singing one of those three songs. Yeah, for me, it's this one, Vigilante shit, and I think the other one was Antihero. That's, like, always stuck in my head for some reason. Um, And it's like I have a random playlist in my mind that just keeps jumping from artist to artist all throughout the day. <laughs> and sometimes <laughs> I'm doing, like, just even watching something, and suddenly I have fucking Taylor in my head. I'm like girl go away i'm not listening to music now but it's always one of those songs i know the feeling but 
this one's another one that has like that fun feeling of her vocals kind of play with the music kind of way and that it's literally a fun song again it goes back to making me feel like 1989 also mm -hmm. maybe like one of the more poppy songs on red it gives me those kind of feelings um even some songs on lover it has that kind yeah. of like poppy vibe of her mm -hmm. like the signature taylor poppy vibe um and like i said i i going back to the favorite visual in the music video and it's my favorite line is this whole reclaiming the land kind of thing yes. i think it's a very powerful line mm -hmm. and she made it into a powerful visual too and also this song i've seen some interviews and stuff where she was talking about how she had insecurities and like this fear of coming back to pop music because obviously She had released Lover, and then the pandemic happened, and she kind of, like, went into a more folk kind of sound, and this would have been her big comeback as a pop artist again. I think it's fun. Like, it plays with this whole visual of that, yes, I loved what I do and stuff, but I missed shining. I missed being this fun person, and it's also the whole... It's a feeling you also get when you enter a relationship and you go out into the world again. It's it's just fun. I don't have any other words to describe it. And it's I, I've claimed it as it's going to be one of my getting ready songs whenever we'll be getting ready for concerts and stuff. This one will definitely be in, the, in that sort of playlist because it gives you that fun... I keep saying the word. There's no other word that having fun vibe that's it mm -hmm. gets you yeah. in the mood mm -hmm. yeah it's a really fun song i like uh when she says because not only like the reclaim the land it's like the entire like section where she says i made you my world have you heard i can reclaim the land because like it's so powerful like she's saying yeah i made you my world that doesn't mean that that i cannot just simply go back to like having my own world without you that at least that's the way i saw it uh, yeah and that's it kind of like has like duality of things mm -hmm. and then with w when she says what's a girl gonna do with diamonds gotta shine reminded me there's this popular song i don't know from where i know that i've heard it as a cover on burlesque the movie that's mm -hmm. called a diamonds are a, a girl's best friend something like girl's that best but then mm -hmm. the way i see it on the song it's like she is the diamond the girl is the diamond exactly and she even has a whole burlesque section in the music yes. movie yeah It's like, what the fuck, Taylor? Also, in the music video, it's the only time I've ever seen Taylor's belly button. <laughs> Which is weird to say. But yes, it, it kind of shocked me when I saw it. Okay. Haven't you heard there's a thing on the internet that nobody had seen her belly button and they thought she was a real? But isn't that like, I don't know. You guys are weird. I, I'm on weird parts of the internet. I'm on weird parts of the internet. It's okay. It, it's, uh, I don't get to that point being a Swifty. 
<laughs> I'm still a normal Swifty. <laughs> what are you trying to say? Uh, that you're normal. Uh, mm-hmm. I have nothing else. That's it. Okay, so let us move on to track 10 of the album. We're halfway there, people. The song is called Labyrinth. And again, it's one of those songs that didn't stand out for me. But the more I listened to it, the lyrics hit me so hard. And her voice has like the same kind of like dream-like haunting sound to it. And also feels like you're meditating. Mm -hmm. I always feel at peace when I listen to it, especially like there's the lyric. Literally, there's a lyric where she tells you to breathe in, breathe through, breathe deep, breathe out. But then she hits you with the gut-wrenching lyric of I'll be getting over you my whole life. Mm -hmm. This song, it's makes me sad. (laughs) I don't know why, but it makes me sad. Is there anyone going manic? Around your apartment. It's, it's Halloween weekend. People are <laughs> hanging out in other people's apartments. So I am so sorry for any noise. It's been happening all day. It's just like, it sounds like like something out of a horror movie. Well, no, it's people literally screaming and laughing. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, <laughs> I get everything that you say, apart from like that part of like, it didn't stood out for me in the beginning. Um, and I, I, I guess that I shouldn't be like this. I remember I listened to the album at midnight. That doesn't matter. So my brain was not fully there. When I listened to it matter. in the morning with a fresh brain and I, the lyrics sunk in. And no chicken nuggets. And there were no chicken nuggets and I wasn't being a sad girl on the floor. I was being a sad girl at work. It really like hit me and the, the more I listen to it like the lyrics kind of sink in sometimes and every time I listen to it there's something different that stands out about it but yeah continue um no you said it all apart from that part I don't that that I just don't agree with you because when I first listened to the song I was like why does it sound so liberating like I remember I read the lyrics so quick not even following the song because I wanted to like get in that like just let the sound sink in um so i went through lyrics super quick and then i just closed my eyes and listened to the rest of the song and i was like there's a purpose why this sounds like meditation because it fits so well with the lyrics as well and yes at some point the song kind of feels like it's like getting repetitive or whatever but then she did something different with the vocals like there were many layers by the end that it does, you don't get tired of it. So I was like, okay, good. She saved it. Mm-hmm. It didn't become boring. But I love this song. And this is another song where she she made her voice sound deeper. And yeah, she does those vocals with herself. But she sounds so different in them that it sounds... It's something we, we see like in songs like Exile and stuff. Mm-hmm. Those kind of like vocals she uses when she has a male partner singing with her um also like the song kind of like carries you through it so yeah i i think it's a very taylor swift song like one of her softer songs Mm -hmm. also makes me think a lot about clean 
which is another song by her. Kind of gives me that sort of like vibe. That's because you said you were a normal Swifty, so you're not insane like me. Um. (laughs) But you know, Clean is one of my favorite songs from that from 1989. Well, there you go. Now, now you'll relate to it in that way. Jumping on to favorite lyrics, um, there's another lyric that I really like in the song and it's the pre-chorus when she says you know how much I hate that everybody expects me to just bounce back just like that and I feel like you're looking at my notes but those are, as a woman that's a feeling that we have experienced a lot people do yeah. expect you to just bounce back and move on and just get on with it just shake it off and yeah. go with it and knowing her history and what she's been through it's true the media expects her to just bounce right back at it we expect her to just be there releasing albums every two years like she was doing before Mm -hmm. and she's been rolling with the punches and i feel like as a woman that's something that we all experience and how like there are higher expectations for us and if you Mm -hmm. don't meet that if you don't meet those expectations then you're being too much or you're being emotional or like these or hysterical or yeah get a hold of yourself yeah those words that annoy me because like why is it that me as a woman get labeled as hysterical for something that a man does too and no one comes after and that they're human feelings and that yeah. we all go through it and we shouldn't be expected to react a certain way. Yeah, am I supposed to be a fucking rock? Mm, like, yeah, probably. That's I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're not in touch with your fucking feelings, or if your life, good for you, if your life has been all like great. Sorry, I hit my microphone. <laughs> um, all great, uh, and and nothing bad has happened that triggers you sometimes, and and you just like go into the state that you don't know, like how to get back like you just need a day for yourself like oh i really hate when people go like oh you're too emotional oh you're too much of your feelings like do i need to be a rock with you and then explode because i wasn't like dealing with my because they don't want you to explode either yeah because then you're hysterical exactly we need to Um, do a section of the podcast that is like millennials talk about society standards (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so we don't derail <laughs> from, from what we're, we're doing. We're not derailing. These are the feelings that come up as we listen and we relate to these lyrics and song, and we try to put our own perspective into them. So we're not derailing. Yeah, um, one last thing I want to say about this song is in the chorus, the way that the three... I'm falling in love have such different meanings emotionally blows my mind because you understand them just by listening to them the thought process behind each one of them Mm -hmm. I think that's that's also a, a thing that I really truly love about this song and the fact that it's a labyrinth and we know the imagery of what a labyrinth is so it really takes you through it all. Yeah. You can feel all the feelings with Labyrinth. And this was another one that was a five out of five for me as soon as I listened to it. So see, it wasn't all bad. You still gave it a 3.9. Well, that's what it came to. It was simple math. 
whatever. Just blame math. Don't blame me. You did the math, so. <laughs> okay, so moving on to track number 11 called Karma. Um, if you're a Swifty, you know how powerful that word is and how we all thought it was going to be an entire album. We also mm -hmm. got gaslighted into believing that Karma was not real. But Karma is real. It is a song and it's very different from what I thought it was going to sound like or be about. But it is perfect. It really is. I did want it I did wanted it to sound more like reputation. But at the same time, we know that Reputation Taylor is not who Taylor really is deep down. I know. And the fact that this is like karma for her is all the good things in her life because She hasn't really done anything to deserve any bad karma. Mm -hmm. And that's real karma she can give to people. And other people, the people that have tried to damage her and her image will mm -hmm. never understand that. Wow. And it sounds so fun. It's always stuck in my head. Is it the sweet, like honey, what's stuck in your head all the time? Yes. Yeah. The way she sings it, it's always in my head. Oh, and, and the lyrics that she has, which there's a line where she says that karma is the boy on TV who's coming straight home to her. Mm -hmm. I just love that. But yeah, the song has a lot of lyrics that I really love. The song is an entire vibe, the same way that she says that her and karma vibe. And also, it's one of those songs that make you want to dance. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a mixture of, like, Lavender Haze and the way that it makes me want to dance, but it's vigilante shit in the way that it makes me feel like a bad bitch their baby was karma so yeah what are your thoughts uh, <laughs> apart from everything that you just said um i love the song sonically speaking oh my god i'm turning into ashton <laughs> why is he coming up on this podcast because <laughs> uh, okay, we're always just... thinking about five stuff yeah um uh, but i do really like the song completely i'm trying not to say sonically again um but it's okay my favorite part is like how the breakdown connects to the like next chorus after it like the flow it's really it sounds really awesome however i was expecting more of the song i feel like everyone was expecting more of the song but i feel like it's we were expecting more but like Maybe it's not that we were expecting more. It's we were expecting something different. At least that was for me. No, after I listened to for me, after I listened to the song, I was like, I still feel like it could have been better. Like there's something missing. Oh, yes. Um, so, yeah, I took a point for this one. People don't know, but I actually go and rate every song while I'm listening to it out of five. And that's why Nachi's mad at me because of the next song that we're going to talk about um but like for this one which I was my like, opinions have changed about about what just the next guy, about the next song my opinions have changed a lot about it oh oh, oh yours for a minute i thought you were talking about mine i was like no i'm yeah. still standing on the same thing um so yeah i have nothing we're gonna to have say words karma. oh okay karma okay. is the vibe that's it Yeah. So we're gonna move on to track number 12 called Sweet Nothing. The cost of the divorce. She gave this song a one. At 
first when we she told me about it, I was like, yeah, no, it's not a song that really vibes with me either. So I understand. I get it. I don't get it now. I don't. <laughs> and I want you to start and then we'll have words. Okay, I'm going to start. So Sweet Nothing for me, like it sounds nice, but it lost me. Like I had to like start this song like three different times. Like this was the only song on the album that on my first listen, I went back to it like back to back three times because I was like, no, there has to be something wrong with me. Why am I still like getting distracted? But no, the song lost me completely. I, I just kept going distracted. No matter how many times I went back to the song, I keep getting distracted all the time. Like nothing really stood out for me. No lyrics, nothing. It sounded the same. And I was like, I'm over it. I've, I've listened to the song three times and I'm still getting distracted. It wasn't me because it didn't happen with the other songs. But this one lost me. It was no. And I did try it. I try to give it a chance. It's still a one out of five for me. And and it, it, the one is just because it sounds nice. That's it. You can go ahead and divorce me now. Have you listened to the lyrics? Have you analyzed it? What she's saying? Yes, and still. Literally. She, I don't know. This is me assuming and thinking I know what Taylor is going through and what goes on in her head. But the fact that she says that she's found someone that wants nothing from her and the way that they don't want to use her. They don't want to use her name, her image, anything. They don't expect anything from her other than to be there with in the kitchen and they're humming and that's all they ever wanted sweet nothing with each other it makes me cry every single time and still the song gets me so fucking distracted that i cannot get into it i'm sorry i don't know i like i can't i, I listen to it and it's the way that it makes me think that this is like if lover and folklore or evermore had a baby this is the kind of song that comes out in my head. And the way that as the song is ending, the music is kind of like building up and then it's like this piece at the end of it. I don't know. I'm sorry. It, I The more I listen to it, the more in love I am with it. Then I'll, I'll just get ready for receiving your divorce papers that I will not sign anyway. But I know you just want to get <laughs> get it done with me at this point because nah for me it's like and maybe it's because like i really didn't pay attention to folklore and evermore when they came out and still evermore is one that i don't go back to often how did i not know that <laughs> uh, <laughs> what but... <the> fuck <laughs> I feel like you're judging me right now so fucking much. But like this song, seriously, from all the songs, I was like, mm, I think this was the reason why my rating came out so low at the end. And, and well, and that I didn't give five too many songs because there was always something that I was like, could have been better here, could have been better there. So I have a lot of songs that are like a four. 
um, still being favorites. But this one was like the deal breaker. This was, this one destroyed the rating, and that's why you're hating me for like. Like, I understand, like, I understand where you're coming from, like, I'm not gonna be, like, not every song is gonna be for everyone. But you're still judging. Like, at first I wasn't, but then I was, that, it hit me one day listening in the car, and I started bawling, and my sister goes, like, what is wrong with you? And I went on this rant about what the song kind of dawned in my head was about, and that feeling, and that all of it and i was like how did jossie hate the song she's heartless <laughs> the fact that you were like having your moment about what the song was about and you automatically thought about what i thought about the song remember that the 3.9 really hit me in the heart you're traumatized by so, it yeah and now you said that you don't go back to ever more often like we need to go to therapy I think, yeah, we need couples therapy. I mean, you but. can be, like, happy. Just think, when those thoughts of what I don't like comes to your head, remember that I'm obsessed with Speak Now, read in 1989, okay? I'll try. And mainly Speak Now. There are different reasons why. But, yeah. I'll try, I'll try, I'll try. But, yes, let's, let's move on to... It's the last song on the Midnight's album, but not the last song in the 3 a.m. edition. It's called Mastermind. I adore this song. It's also one of those, I didn't mention it before, but it is one of the ones that kind of like gets stuck in my head. Again, she like kind of plays with her vocals and the sound of song, and it has this storyline that really carries all the way through, and the song, it ties up to other songs that we know are about Joe and their story and or the tidbits she's told us through song, right? Because we don't know. And I really, really like it. And it's something that the media has said a lot about Taylor, the way she plans all these things out, that she's very, like, I can't find the word, but she's always, like, scheming, that's the word, and all this stuff. And she basically calls herself a mastermind, but that she found the one person that knew all along and allowed themselves to be, like, kind of manipulated by her into something. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a line in the song that kind of, like, it's part of the storyline, but it kind of, like, detaches from it all along. And it talks about how all of the women have had to I guess the second verse. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because it ha it's happening again. Are you looking at my notes? <laughs> I'm not. We just, we, we have the same feelings. Why didn't you like this album more? <laughs> um, yeah, it's the second verse of the song. And she literally says, you see, all the, all the wisest women had to do it this way because we were born to be the pawn in every lover's game. Mm -hmm. And again, the imagery plays with other songs she's had, with other albums, with other eras, with the way the media sees her and the way that she has always been just a piece for other people. Um, how she said that she's treated love like a game. If you go back, there's a lot of it. 
So that one, that line really like stands out to me. But I think I know there's a lot of people that don't like this song. They don't think it belonged in the album or How? it being the last track of the album. I don't know. People are weird. I mean, you should know. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but yes, I think it's a very beautiful song um, in storytelling. Mm -hmm. And that's all I have to say about it. You can move on now. I do love the storytelling. I love the song. The only issue in my mind, because it's not really an issue, but but you know me. And I'm all about big finishes. And this song, I was expecting, because it started like from the very beginning. It's like building up to something that never arrived for me. But she has other songs that I like that. But, like, it it annoyed me when I was listening to it. Because, like, I'm like, yes, I'm waiting for this 10. She's slowly going to 10. But she only got to 7 and the song ended. So that's from, like, the sound perspective. Lyrically, I do love it a lot. And I was laughing. Because, like, seriously, I made the effort to write down my favorite lyrics. Since we were doing that on the Faisal's episode. I was like... I'm gonna have my favorite ly lyrics ready so I don't have to be like going through the lyrics while I'm recording. And the exact line that I put was the one that you were talking about. Like, because, yeah, it is true. And we saw it, we, we, see, we see this all the time in life and just being a young woman trying to date, basically. Mm hmm. And it's like, uh, it sounds like when she's saying it, it sounds like, oh, when you look at the lyrics, it's like, she's manipulating the whole thing. But then she goes like, oh, we have to do it this way. And I get it. Like, I completely get it. And like, way, I understand. The way she thinks it, it even feels like it's like a side thought, like a side mm -hmm. comment to the rest of the story which i think is very clever and very playful it's like she's yeah. talking like she's telling a story but then she goes and tells whoever's listening like oh but don't worry i'm doing it because we have to that's the way things are done and then yeah. she goes back to telling her story like by the way and then she goes back i think it's so so fun of her storytelling abilities Mm, that in that way <laughs> it reminded me and I know this sounds crazy because it has nothing to do with the song but it reminded me when I'm sending you audios about K-dramas and I'm like narrating what's going on and suddenly I'm like by the way because this this and that and like I'm just giving you my comments about what was happening and then I go back to narrating the K-drama to you and that made me laugh listening to the song because I was like When it got to the part, and I understood, like, it was a side comment to the story. I was like, oh, Jesus yes. Christ, she's doing the exact same thing I do. <laughs> But, yeah, I was like, oh, Taylor, my bestie. <laughs> <laughs> We can't even relate on that. Um, but any last comments on Mastermind? No. Well, I, we said it all already. Yes. Post-production Jassy here. That ending was very abrupt. Uh, the issue was that we recorded 
an entire episode for the Midnight's Review. However, it was way too long, so we're dividing it into parts so it's easier for you to listen to. So here it is. This is part one, just the standard version. And part two is coming to you in a week with the additional tracks for the 3am edition. As always, you can follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and now TikTok as Obsessed Millennials and on Twitter as Obsessed Gen Y. Go ahead, let us know all your thoughts about Midnight's and all your little theories about what the album means and any Easter eggs. We know. We are Swifties here, okay? There's always a lot of theories when it comes to new Taylor Swift albums, videos, everything. So let us know what you think on social media. Thank you so much for listening to us and go ahead and listen to the other episodes if you haven't while you wait for part two of the Midnight's Review. Bye!